Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome in to episode number 511 of underground sports philadelphia it's kb coming at you with a solo dolo episode first time in a long time uh i'm just getting back from virginia for for the pll championship series brain jizu uh and i was obviously working with Buna regional high school and our production of the little mermaid um over the past week fully intensive so it uh it made the podcast get a little bit delayed so i apologize for the delay but you know there were reasons and uh you know go check out our uh recap on the outside the box podcast of the championship series i was there with cfo margie uh on sunday for the championship shout out to the chrome boys we called it on the pod um but philly sports we got a lot to dive into Across the board, the Phils are mashing in spring training. The Sixers keep getting screwed. And uh, that's where we are right now in the Union. Get a big opening season dub against Columbus. Uh, So we'll talk all about that. Plus Survivor Season 44 on the horizon. Very excited for uh, Matt and I to pick our winner on Wednesday's show. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com, slash Underground Sports PHI. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Follow me on Instagram at KBIZZLE11. Uh, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Leave a five-star rating and review. It does go a long way for helping the show continue to grow, helps more people people find Underground Sports Philadelphia, and uh, helps us take this thing to the next level. And, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of every podcast on our network. You get live streams. You get original content. You get shorts, interviews. Everything video-wise goes on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course our kick-ass merch partners over at PHI Apparel Company. They are going to be a big part of our live tailgate uh, podcast that we'll be doing all baseball season long. PHI Apparel Company. There's no doubt in our minds when you guys are going to the stadiums, to your local bars, chilling at home, wherever you may be, you're going to stand out hanging out with your people because you're going to be rocking the best goddamn merch from PHI Apparel Company. Uh, That's where all of the official Underground Sports Philadelphia merch lives right now. We've got some 
awesome merch designs in the works that we'll be getting over to them shortly for you all to enjoy. I got the hoodie on right now. It is truly, and I'm not just saying this because there are merch partners. I'm saying this because it is a genuine feeling. This is the most comfortable hoodie I own, and it is badass. The underground logo right there, uh, it is it is the coolest and most badass hoodie I own, uh, and you can get your own. Pat Pitts has his own. I have some more hoodies for all of our brands coming in as well. PHIapparel.co. Check out everything they've got on their website. And when you go to check out, you do all your shopping, find all your kick-ass dope merch. Use code UNDERGROUND at checkout. You get 10% off any and all orders at any time. Anytime you want to place an order, use code UNDERGROUND. It's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. So PHIapparel.co is the link, and code UNDERGROUND is the code for 10% off any and all orders. Uh, the Sixers keep getting screwed. Uh, Joel Embiid hit a <laughs> three-quarter length, three-quarter uh, court shot. That was disallowed because the ball was still in his hand for like .02 seconds after the buzzer uh, hit and the Sixers lose to the Celtics. Some similar stuff happened tonight as I record this on Monday um, where James Harden had a shot that just missed a potential game-winning three-pointer on Monday night. Um, Sixers lose to the Heat. Doc Rivers sucks. Um, I, I truly can't invest any faith or legitimacy into the Philadelphia 76ers until Doc Rivers is gone. Um, he's truly just continues to hold this team back. There's just moments in games where it's just like, what are we doing? Why does this guy continue to get opportunity after opportunity? See, he's putting me to sleep. I'm yawning right here, and Doc Rivers is putting me to sleep. Uh, he continues to get opportunity after opportunity with this team and just continues to fail time and time and time again I just don't understand the love fest that the front uh the front office for the Sixers has for Doc Rivers if this was any other team and Doc Rivers was doing the stuff that he's doing with the lineups the stuff that he's doing with substitutions with playing guys not playing guys they would be fired like that coach would be fired if this was any other team but Doc Rivers, for whatever reason, the Sixers love him. Maybe he's in bed with them with the, the crypto bullshit that they're promoting. Uh, like, I still can't believe that this team is promoting, uh, you know, half-court shots and they're giving away $10,000 in cryptocurrency in the year of our Lord 2023. What are the Sixers doing? Like, this team is just an absolute joke. January was fun, but it's fun every year. January was fun in 2013 when the Sixers were starting to full-on tank and get into the process. Uh, when you have your franchise cornerstone, Joel Embiid, saying it starts with him, he's got to be better, more people got to be locked in, and that the Celtics game was just the story of his career, the story of his life, that's not good. That is that is terrible. That is horrific optics for your organization to have one of the top five players in the NBA going on the record and saying that. Like, that is just bad. And, like, I just don't know what it's going to take for the Sixers front office to realize that, like, you can't just get old players like P.J. Tucker and guys like that on this team. You can't go and trade for a McDaniels type of player who we know is not that good and, and think you're doing something. The Sixers trade deadline and buyout market and everything, which is just... The buyout market is a, is a farce. Matt and I have talked about that a number of times 
uh, this year and in years past where the buyout market is like, it looks great on paper, but it's horrific in the long run. Dwayne Dedman's not going to do anything for this team down the stretch. He's a waste of a roster space. Um, this team is just not set up to win. And they have continuously just like gone into the postseason with better opportunities in years past to go and win a championship, you know, probably three of the last couple of seasons where they had that opportunity and they squandered away one way or another. Um, I just, I don't understand what the Sixers front office sees in Doc Rivers. I don't understand what Daryl Morey has been doing over the last like year and a half. You know, he, he trades for James Harden and it feels like he's just gotten complacent. Um, the fact that we gave P.J. Tucker a three-year contract at age 37 is lunacy. Um, and I, I just need answers from that point of view. Like, what, what is the goal? Is it to waste Joel Embiid's prime? Is it to waste Joel Embiid's career here? Do you want him to leave? Like, the Sixers just, they, they baffle me year in and year out. Where, unlike a team like the Flyers, where... They kind of just were like, they had like black and orange, orange and black goggles on for the last decade plus and just had refused to take them off. And then they bring in John Tortorella and you realize that the team stinks. Um, you know, you, you look at, at some of the bad Phillies teams and it was just like, you, you tried to believe in what was happening and then you realize the guy who was in charge was not that good at his job. And then you bring in a guy who's good at his job, which we all believe the Sixers were doing with, with Daryl Morey. And unlike the Phillies, where Dave Dombrowski has been at the forefront of making sure this team is competitive, going out and making key signings across the board, whether it's superstar level, depth level, pitching same type of situations, you know, this past offseason has proved that they have invested in the bullpen and want what's best for this team as a whole. Daryl Morey has not done that outside of trading for James Harden. And, you know, the the pick for Tyrese Maxey, like, fell into our laps. Shout out to Mike Muscala. Um, but I, I just don't know what the situation is there and, and why. I, I just don't understand why, based on name alone, it feels like Doc Rivers just continuously gets a pass. We've compared him to Joe Girardi a number of times on this show, dating back to last year, uh, where you know he just gets by on, he's got a championship to his name, he, he was successful with the Clippers, but what did the Clippers do under his regime? Absolutely nothing. Like This has just become Clippers East, which is what we said about the Phillies, when they hired Andy McPhail, hired Matt Klentak, and you hired guys from the Angels, and you hired guys who, you know, back in the day won a championship, you hired them on name alone. They didn't do a goddamn thing for the for the Phillies organization other than set them back to where Dave Dombrowski had to put, you know, fast forward on 4X or the lightning fast forwarding to get this team to where they needed to be. And Doc Rivers is doing the same thing. He's setting this team back. He's wasting the prime of a superstar player's career. He's wasting the prime that James Harden has left in his career. Um, you know, he's he's fucking with Tyrese Maxey and, and not allowing him to to reach his full potential. 
Doc Rivers is is one of the biggest roots of the Sixers' lack of success. And until Daryl Morey and the rest of the front office and the ownership group of the Sixers team come to to realize that Doc Rivers is not a good NBA coach anymore, you you have you have no reason to to worry about or invest in or you know get excited about the 76ers because it's just going to fail like it does every single year. The Sixers will get in, they'll play a team who they are better than, they'll win in five in the first round, and then the second round comes around where they'll see the Celtics or the Bucks or one of these other teams that they always run into in the second round, and then they'll get bounced in six or seven in the second round, and we'll be like, oh, woe is me, I can't believe we can't get over the hump. That is what we are setting ourselves up for once again in 2023 because of the lack of of just self-awareness, the lack of attention to detail, and the complacency value that this Sixers front office has for this organization and not going out and doing what's best for the team, what's best for the organization, what's best for the fans. And I I don't know if it's ever going to get fixed. It's one of those things that, like, when it's all said and done, I, I just don't know if this team will ever get over that hump. Um, and it, it's tough to not want to be invested in this team because of the process, because of, you know, the trials and tribulations of Joel Embiid's career and wanting him to get over that hump and see the success and knowing how badly he wants to win for the city of Philadelphia. He's made this his home. He he wants to win a championship here more than anything. And we talked about this either last episode or a couple weeks ago where, like, the city of Philadelphia has guys, whether it's Bryce Harper Reese Hoskins, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, Jason Kelsey, the the entire Eagles team, pretty much. Almost every Philly that's out in front and vocal. You have Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey on on these teams in Philadelphia. You have Bedoya with the Union, Andre Blake. uh, When he was here, Brendan Aronson. Like, those guys want to win for this city. They want to put on for the city of Philadelphia. And I can say it from a testament from covering the team and being in the locker room after the games and talking to players, talking with Coach Paul Day. The Wings have guys just like that too. Matt Rambo, Blaze Reardon, Trevor Baptiste, Kyle Matisse, Paul Day, Joe Reseteritz, Ben McIntosh, and now Mitch Jones for the Wings. They want to win a championship for Philadelphia and do whatever it takes to get there. The difference is those other four teams, the Wings, the Union, the Phillies, the Eagles, they have the front office that also has that view, that also has that leadership quality, that has that urge and desire to do whatever it takes, push the chips in the middle of the table and say, we're going to go all in and we're going to try to win a championship. We're going to try to win multiple championships. We're going to do whatever it takes to make sure at the end of the day, we gave it 125% effort to push for a championship. The Sixers have the players on the court for that. For the most part. Especially with Embiid. Especially I, I would say with Harden. With Tyrese Maxey. With Tobias Harris. But when it comes to that front office. When it comes to Doc Rivers. 
They don't have that same urge and desire that a Nick Sirianni, that a Rob Thompson, that a Jim Curtin, that a Paul Day, that a Howie Roseman, that a Dave Dombrowski. They all have. Sixers front office is lacking that. And that's the difference between the championship aspirations, the championship pedigree, and the the known fact that the teams I just rattled off when it comes to breaking down teams that are always competing for a championship will always be in the mix. You'll never count them out. That's what those teams have. And when it comes to the Sixers, it's always, oh, can they get out of the second round? It starts from the top and trickles down. When you have your franchise cornerstone saying, that's the story of my life for that ending of the Celtics game, that's a terrible look. Daryl Morey should be ashamed. The ownership group should be ashamed. Doc Rivers should be ashamed. Because that's proof that this organization is getting complacent with Joel Embiid. And that's when superstar players end up leaving. And that should be every Sixers fan's biggest nightmare. Is if Joel Embiid ever decides to leave Philadelphia... We failed yet another superstar player for this organization. And I I truly do not want that to be the case. But until Doc Rivers is gone, until this front office wakes up, until this ownership group wakes up, the 76ers will not have a shot at winning a championship due to the lack of leadership from the top down to the coaching staff. The court on-court leadership is there. But everybody else is is lacking to say the very least. <sighs> they just drive me absolutely insane. The Sixers drive me absolutely insane. But a team that doesn't drive me insane, a team that's absolutely mashing the ever-living hell out of a baseball, it's the Philadelphia Phillies in spring training. It's brought to you by our amazing beer partners over at Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. You guys can go to kenwoodbeer.com. Use the all-new and improved Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. Pardon me. You must be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. And if you're in the eastern Pennsylvania area, you can go to your local liquor store or your local home goods who now carries Kenwood Beers. Shout out to the Kenny boys. Uh, they will also be part of our live tailgate series this baseball season. Uh, so go crack open a nice cold Kenny. Crack it open with the boys, the ladies, the fellas, the homies, whoever you want to crack open a nice cold Kenny with. And let's enjoy some Phillies baseball this summer, uh, this spring, and hopefully this fall. Uh, the Phillies right now 3-1 and one in spring training play. They had a split squad game on Saturday to kick things off against the Tigers, who they ended up losing against 4-2. to two. Um, And then they beat the Yankees 7-4. to four. They beat the Twins in comeback fashion 10-8. to eight. Um, Did that damn thing. You know, they were down 6-2 to two at one point, 6-4, and then had a six-run Outburst, the boy Nick Castellanos going yard, Trey Turner, his first hit in a Phils uniform, spring training obviously, and then the Phils beat the Pirates today, 
uh, nine to seven. Aaron Nola on the mound. Alec Bohm hits a dinger. Edmundo Sosa smashed one to put the Phils up seven to four at one point. Phils are looking good right now, and it's a good sign. I, I, you know, it's spring training. What does it correlate to? How does it really, you know, transfer over in the grand scheme of things? You don't really know, um, but seeing that early on, especially after a long season, and you know, going into November and a quick turnaround essentially for this team, they haven't lost a step. Guys are mashing the ball. Guys look comfortable. They're having fun. Um, good to see Andrew McCutcheon catching up with the boys again uh, today when they played the Pirates. But the Phils are looking great. Um, it's a good sign, especially as we inch closer to the World Baseball Classic where eight guys are going to be leaving spring training and going and playing you know, full-blown competitive baseball once again. Uh, very excited for that. We will have full-blown World Baseball classic coverage here uh with a bunch of us including myself so very excited for the WBC but to see the Phillies you know in the mode they're in right now and kind of just finding their groove finding a stride and it's guys that you want to see performing um in the limited action that you're going to get in spring training you're not going to get a full four at bats every single game you're not going to get a full uh field work and everything like that but to see Nikki C going yard, to see Alec Bohm doing the damn thing, and Mundo Sosa stepping up in a big way, I think he's going to have a pivotal bench role this year, whether it's in the infield or you know the the reported talks about him getting time in center field as the platoon bat, uh, right handed with Brandon Marsh. Um, it's it's good to see, and I'm I'm very intrigued and excited about this Philly season. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I, I truly can't wait. The big discussion online is the pitch clock stuff. You know, there was a game that ended on a pitch clock violation. Um, I think the big thing to take away from the pitch clock right now, having not been able to sit down and watch, you know, a full game where it's going on, I've seen the clips and the highlights, and they can be cut up however you want them to be, whether it's positive or negative. Um, you know, there was a, an inning Max Scherzer pitched. It was 27 seconds. The pitch clock is going to be good in a lot of aspects. It's going to take away from a lot of things um, that we've known baseball to be over the, the last half a century, you know, and, and just what we've known for our age demographic of, you know, the 18 to 35-year-old baseball fan. Um, it's going to take away from some of the theatrics and, and stuff like that that can be enjoyable for a hardcore diehard baseball fan, but the casual baseball fan is going to be like, Oh, this is too slow. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of this. And I do think, you know, the pitch clock, it, it could get a couple extra ticks, a couple extra seconds added to it. But I think because it is so new, it's, it's like in our faces and it's like, wow, like this is taking away so much. And it, it's, it's speeding things up so quickly that like, you know, how is it going to play in the regular season and in the postseason? That's what this year is going to be a lot of, um, you know, when it comes to the pitch clock, it's, it's going to be a lot of just getting adjusted to it and being used to a new aspect of baseball. And I guarantee in like two, three years time when it's fully implemented and we see the results of what it is, we're not really going to care. Um, so we'll see how it, it plays out, you know, as spring training continues to go on. I don't know if it's a rule in the World Baseball Classic or not. Um, I'll have to find that out, uh, later on in my, my studies for the WBC, but, um, 
I, I think it's going to have positives and negatives for sure. I think the negatives, like I mentioned, it's like the theatrics get taken away just a bit. Um, but the positives are, you know, games are going to go by a little bit quicker. You're not going to have guys, you know, readjusting after every single pitch. Um, so, I mean, you're going to get casual baseball fans to come in um, and, and watch the games. You know, does it get a 12-year-old more invested in, in wanting to play baseball uh, with the game being faster like they do with football and, and basketball and lacrosse and, and stuff like that? Who knows? But I think viewership-wise, it's going to bring a lot more people in to watch baseball. It's going to be faster-paced. I think it's going to add to, um, you know, stolen bases. You only get a select number of times to throw over to to try to pick off a runner. I think stolen bases are going to go way up in production this year, especially if you have guys who are fast, like the Phillies do with Trey Turner, um, like they have with Brandon Marsh, who can steal bases. Kyle Schwarber has proven he can steal bases. Um so Mundo Sosa can steal bases. JT Real Muto can steal bases. So the Phillies have an advantage with, with guys on base. And if they can continue getting guys on base like they did last year, I think being able to steal uh, is, is going to be a, a very important aspect of the Phillies' success this season on the base paths and, and just moving runners over, getting guys in position to be able to score runs where – you know, if you can get a guy to steal second because of these new pitch clock implementations, a single's going to score some of these guys, and and the Phillies have the the talent to get those base hits. And you know, the shift being uh, banned is is huge for that as well. Guys aren't going to hit into the shift while somebody's stealing a base and and get doubled up as quickly as as we've seen in years past. Um, but I do think stolen base numbers are going to go up super high in production and that's exciting um and that kind of you know builds strategy in a way where you you got to pick and choose who you're you're throwing over for and you know keeping your eye on guys and and making sure that you know their tendencies and it's going to be a very fun thing between the pitcher and the base runner now um that we've been lacking for so long with stolen bases and with that that part of the gamesmanship of runners on base, the pitcher, the catcher, and everybody in the infield uh, defensively. I think baseball defense is going to prove to be that much more important, um, even more so than it was when the shift was in place, when there was no pitch clock, because with, with the shift in place, like it was just like, oh, let me move here, boom, done. It, it was very like simple, basic stuff, and just like it's not fun whatsoever. Now I think, you know, you have to play defense. You have to be on your toes. You have to be nimble and ready at any given moment for a ball to come your way and be able to figure out your range of where you can die for a ball, where you can get to a ball to make sure that you're thrown cleanly to, to whatever, you know, base you're trying to get to. I think defensive baseball is going to make a, a big comeback, even though the shift is gone. And it, the shift was just such a lazy defensive tactic um, and I'm glad that it is the kibosh has been put on it, and I, I think it's really going to elevate the play of defensive baseball uh, in the infield in particular, and uh, really help out you know just teams that have improved defensively. I think you know the Phillies getting Trey Turner was huge in a year where the shift is going away. Putting Bryson Stott at second base is going to 
pay dividends and, and having those two guys there is going to be huge. Um, and obviously they have the best catcher in baseball uh, with JT Real Muto. So, and Alec Bohm proved that, you know, defensively he's continued to get better and better uh, as the postseason went on last year. And, you know, as the regular season progressed uh, after Joe Girardi was fired, you know, after the, I fucking hate this place uh, incident <laughs> got caught on camera. So, I think there's a lot to take away from the new pitch clock rules, from the new shift banning rules that will really improve uh, the viewership of Major League Baseball, whether it's in person or on TV. And I think that it's one of the few things that Rob Manfred may have gotten right. I hate to admit that because Rob Manfred stinks at his job and wants to ruin baseball, but I think the pitch clock is one of the things that needed to come because there there was just too much downtime pretty much with baseball and you know live betting baseball is gonna almost be a thing of the past but you'll find ways to figure that out if you're a gambling person but um I I think the pitch clock is going to 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 prove to be an improvement for the game as we move forward uh over the next couple of years and, and kind of see the data on how much you know Game times have gone down, and I, I think the only thing we have to really worry about uh, is pitcher injuries more, you know, and, and guys having to, you know, progress quicker through their their mechanics and everything like that. How much does the pitch clock uh, affect that? Will it affect it? I'm not 100% sure. I may just be talking out of my ass right now, but it's something to, to think about. You know, you have Max Scherzer, who's an injury-prone pitcher, finishing an inning in 27 seconds how good is that for you know his his body mechanics and and everything like that and uh you know pitchers just adjusting to a quicker pace game is going to be something very interesting to watch from a lot of aspects so I'm very much looking forward to uh being able to sit down hopefully this weekend and uh taking in some Philly spring training as uh They've got games on Wednesday, again, or I should say on Tuesday against the Toronto Blue Jays, Wednesday against the Twins, Thursday against the Red Sox, Friday against the Tigers, and Saturday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So we've got some good Grapefruit League action on deck for the Phils right before the World Baseball Classic gets underway. And then uh, to wrap things up here, it's the Philadelphia Union. They are underway, their season in full swing. It's brought to you by our friends over at Bino Board. Guys, Bino is the next big tabletop game for your man cave, your she shed, your parking lot tailgate podcasts, or whenever you want to play. Bino is a game and lifestyle brand based in Phoenix, Arizona. And Bino's goal is to provide the highest quality boards and a true brand experience every part of Bino's boards have been tested time and time again for the best possible playability so that every Flickr's experience is a positive one. Bring the world together with Bino and hear someone's story from the other side of the pitch. Our listeners can use code BINOUSP for 10% off any order at BINOBoard.com. That includes the brand new Spiral Turf board that just released recently. Uh, that includes any board, that includes any accessories, that includes any apparel that they have. That's code BINOUSP for 10% off any order at BINOBoard.com. The Union get a big win in their opening match on Saturday 
against Columbus at home. They win four to one. Um, the boy Julian Carranza, um, two goals. Daniel Gazdag, two penalty kicks. Union beat Columbus four one. Um, we've said it time and time again for this team that having this offense in place for a full season is going to pay dividends for just the way that this team is going to operate offensively. We know they have the defense in place. They have the best goalie in the game, the brick wall, Andre Blake himself. Um, but now that they have the offense and the chemistry with these guys, and they went all the way to the MLS cup and now they get a full season to play together. Um, it's going to be huge and you know not that we think they're going to score six goals you know in a in a two week span like they did last year or even less than in a five game span i think it was um but you know i think 4-1 is is something that we can almost expect from this union team and not be shocked by it um they're at the top of the table to start things off which is great um with that 4-1 victory their next match um is going to be if I can pull it up here their next match is Saturday uh, on the road against Miami on March 4th at 7.30pm um, before they have their next home game which will be Saturday uh, March 11th at home against Chicago so the Union off to a good start, like we knew they would be. It's it's one of those things that we expect this from the Union. It's kind of the the nature of this organization is the gold standard. They've been the gold standard of success in this city for years now. Jim Curtin, arguably best coach in the city. Um, and this team has the pieces to go far, have the potential to win a championship. Matt has joked about, you know, maybe they're doing the reverse, uh, you know, peak run of the Phillies from 07 to 11 and going in reverse order, you know, losing in the, the semifinal, losing in the, or losing in the Eastern Conference final, losing in the MLS Cup. Maybe they win and get over the hump this year. Who knows? But I mean, they have the talent to do it. They have the pieces to do it. And they have the best goddamn coach in the league. So it wouldn't surprise any of us, if the union are able to go on another magical run and, uh, you know, October rolls around and they're playing for an MLS cup, November rolls around whenever the MLS cup date is this year. Um, and the, the union have the best home field advantage in the, in the game. You know, they've got the, the sons of Ben doing the damn thing. Shout out to them. Um, and, and union games are electric and I am making it a point that 2023 is the year I get to my first union game. I know I said it last year that it was going to happen. This is the year. I've never been to a union game. I've been to Subaru Park uh, three times to cover the PLL. I've never been to an MLS game. I want to go. I want to experience it all. Um, I want to just enjoy the environment, enjoy the fandom, enjoy the team. You know, I, I really got into the Union full-blown and, like, watching and fully paying attention last season. Um, but I had watched, you know, 2020, 2021, and followed along from afar. But I really got invested and, and have wanted to make my way 
uh, to Subaru Park for a, a while now to take in the Union game. So, Union fans, Union Twitter, let me know which game I should make my way to and where I should go to experience the best possible first Union game vibe. Obviously, I know a lot of people are going to say the Sons of Ben, and I don't hate that. Um, but, hey, I want to be... <laughs> brought into the union culture and the union vibe and, and come experience this team like I should have years ago. Um, but 2023 is the year I make it to Subaru Park for a Philadelphia Union game for the first time in my life. It's going to happen. I got to do it before I turn 30. Um, that, that is one of my big goals for 2023 is making sure I get to the right union game to go experience that dupe culture like no other. Uh, so, hey, Philadelphia Union, let's make this happen. Let's get KB to the to the Union game at some point this year. Let me know in the comment section if you're a Union fan which game I should go to this year. Let me know on Twitter. Tweet at me. DM me on Twitter or Instagram. Let me know, hey, you should come to this game. Come to our tailgate. Let's have some fun. I'll bring the Bino board, and uh, we'll have ourselves a grand old time. But 2023 is the year KB gets to Super Park for a union game maybe we'll do a union tailgate podcast who knows uh but i would love for us to continue to grow our coverage of the philadelphia union and just build a, a even better relationship with them uh i know they love when we tweet our our uh, toy car girl gif you know let's ride um but i i want to get fully jumped into to the union culture and and going and experience a game firsthand so Let's make it happen. Sons of Ben, let's make it happen. KB to the Union game 2023. Um, let's let's ride. Go Union. It's dupe season, everybody. Survivor season 44 starts on Wednesday, so Matt and I will be breaking that down at the end of Wednesday's episode to get you ready for season 44. Make sure you follow at Buffs and Snuffs on Twitter. We are going to be way more active uh, this year, this season, I should say. I know it kind of lacked last season just because of scheduling stuff and me not being able to watch live. So we are making it a point of emphasis there to uh, keep growing the Buffs and Snuffs brand. So go follow on Twitter to keep up to date with everything Survivor related. And uh, make sure you're following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, go follow our F1 coverage as well from Casey and Owen Libertor uh, at Underground F1 on Instagram and at underground underscore F1 on Twitter. And, uh, they're, they are starting a podcast. We have an F1 podcast coming. F1 underground is the name of the show. Um, that will be debuting later this week. So stay tuned for that. Go subscribe. It's on Spotify right now. We're working on getting it on Apple, but go subscribe to F1 underground, uh, on Spotify big time. We want to, we want to get this thing, roll in the right way uh, to start off the F1 season, which is right around the corner, apparently. Um, the more you know. <laughs> but Casey's been crushing it with the F1 coverage on social, so go follow her as well and follow the, all the F1 content from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Very excited for this new uh, franchise to come onto our podcast network. Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow us there as well. Subscribe to our podcast feed on Apple, Spotify. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Help us continue to grow. Leave a five-star review. 
Subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes, live streams, clips, interviews, shorts, all that good stuff is on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, our amazing merch partners over at PHI Apparel Company. Go to phiapparel.co and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all orders. And uh, stay tuned for more news about our live tailgate podcast series that we'll be doing during baseball season. First one, April 8th. 2023 home opener weekend opening night t-shirt night one of Trey Turner's first games in a Phil's uniform at home we're going to be doing a live podcast more info coming out later this month stay tuned for it be excited this has been episode number 511 of Underground Sports Philadelphia I'm your boy KB until Wednesday night we're back live twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI Until then, I'm getting the heck up out of here, and I'm signing off. Peace.